0: Days of buying victories with free agents and hoping that spending big money and throwing big money out at big names is a thing of the past. All right, well, here's what I'll tell you.
1: We are going to be ready to go come day one. As far as our season goes, we're going to be better than last year. Nobody picked us in 05. Nobody picked us to get in in 2008. We're looking to get back into the playoffs, and hopefully, you know, maybe we can get in this year. I I don't know. I think it might be a little bit closer just because – 49ers played Seattle last week and they beat them. Hopefully they just play within themselves, just yeah, run the ball. Don't do, don't show any trick, too many trick plays. Save them for the playoffs. And yeah, hopefully stay injury free and get out there, get out there with W. As a player, I want Redbirds fans to really remember me by my positivity and my hard work and dedication. That's how I want people to remember me as someone that influences others and does not focus on herself. I will talk to anybody and I just make everybody around me better. That's the question is whether or not he really is going to be the franchise quarterback that they believe he will be. Coming
2: into the season, I didn't know much about him. Didn't know that he was going to be the lights-out three-point shooter that he was. And that's really elevating the Redbird offense to that next level, that level they need to be at to potentially get into the NCAA tournament.
1: I just think what the Cubs need to do is is live up to their potential. You know, there's a lot of guys with a ton of talent on that team, and that's why they won the World Series in 2016. The only way the Cubs are going to live up to their expectations would be go out, win the division, get to the postseason, and win the World Series, because they expect to do it, and I think uh, Cubs fans should hold them to a higher standard than what they used to. I'm not saying you have to win the World Series every year, but uh, I think the bar has been raised, and that's made it really fun to be a Cubs fan in Chicago. Hey, everybody, Marcus Grant from NFL Fantasy Live on the NFL Network. Hey, what's going on? This is Mark Grody, the official Chicago Bears sideline reporter from 670 to score, an ISU Redbird alum, Hey everyone, it's Luke Stuckmeyer. Hey Redbirds, it's Leah Johnson. This is Mark Shadowski Now time. Now time. Now time. It's now time for your fifth quarter sports talk. It's Will's fifth quarter special. And here's your host, Will Farlow.
2: Welcome into to the 42nd episode of a sports podcast that captures everything you want to know as the buzzer sounds at the end of any sports game. It's Will Farlow here with you this evening on December 21st, 2019, welcoming listeners to the 42nd episode of will's fifth quarter special the show is also celebrating a historic moment as will's fifth quarter special is celebrating not just this holiday season once again but the show's two-year anniversary of its birth back on december 21st 2017 and i brought back here uh for our co-host this evening the first ever co-host on will's fifth quarter special my dad brian farrell dad welcome Back. How you doing?
0: Thanks, Will. Great. Great to be back. So we
2: have a lot of exciting things coming up. Uh, we're going to talk about the Chicago White Sox, and uh, they made some moves, and they brought it back former White Sox pitcher Gio Gonzalez, who was traded. And we're going to talk a little bit more about why it's interesting he came back to the White Sox of all the pitchers they could target, but we're also going to talk about what pitchers they are still targeting. Um, what moves could Rick Hahn make? Uh, could we see a Dallas Keiko, Jin Ryu? Or maybe a trade such as David Price or somebody else. We're going to get into what we think about that uh, moving forward. The White Sox also made a minor league deal. Former Kansas City Royal Chester Cuthbert is changing teams in the AL Central, joining the Chicago White Sox with an invite to major league spring training. We're going to talk about how that impacts the infield, how it could help their depth, and all things on the South side. We also have a special guest appearance, the second ever co-host from back on episode two. He's been on a lot of the Bulls Talk episodes. Alex Dolinar will join us on Bulls Talk as our special guest appearance. We're going to talk all things Chicago Bulls with him in that interview from this afternoon. We're also going to continue to cover the Chicago Bears during their regular season finishing in 2019, the offseason of the Chicago Cubs, and we close with the movie moments segment as usual. So, Right, we're going to talk about first the deals that took place. And it broke just a few days ago in the afternoon that former White Sox pitcher Gio Gonzalez drafted in 2004. So the news broke about Gio Gonzalez. We're going to start with that one year, $5 million for 2019 2020 season with a player option. And We know you knew a little more history in the early 2000s about the Chicago White Sox. What can you tell us about Gio Gonzalez and what he could bring to the White Sox?
0: Well, um, they did draft him, and then they did, uh, I believe, trade him away. Three times, yes. Three times. So evidently, you know, the White Sox are very loyal to their players, and in the past we've seen several players come back who they've released or traded because they felt that uh, they could help the team. So, evidently, they still feel that Gio and Gonzalez can still help the team. The opportunity was there, and they decided to uh, to pick him up for one year, see if he can prove himself, and then if he does well in the beginning of the season, maybe even sign him an extension, depending on how well he does. That will definitely be the test. But I think the thing that stands out to me, the Sox
2: need lefties. We talked about it the whole offseason, and they need arms. You know, you have – Michael Kopech coming from the Tommy John surgery. Rick Kahn did confirm earlier in this offseason prior to the winter meetings that he is at full strength, but they do not want to test him too soon yet in the major league level once again. So looks like he's probably going to start in AAA. Uh, we might even see, I've heard reports uh, back in the White Sox Talk podcast, Chuck Garfin, one of the main reporters in the city of Chicago, talked about how Carlos Rodon could come out of the bullpen because his injury from Tommy John also could uh, keep him Injured on the injured reserve until around the all-star break mid-season. So adds a good lefty. He had a good uh, stint with the Milwaukee Brewers last year after he was released by the New York Yankees, who signed him to a $12 million contract, similar to the one the White Sox are giving him right now, one-year deal with a player option. Gives him a good chance to see what he can do with the White Sox. He didn't get a chance to play a major league game with this team. They traded him three times, the last trade being, the dreaded trade in 2006 that brought us Nick Swisher, who we thought would be good at the time. But history can sometimes tell us a player is not always what you expect. So the question continues to be what's going to happen with the pitching. And Rick Conn has talked about it. We're going to bring in two starters. They're going to bring in some bullpen to support the already pretty strong bullpen cast, Aaron Bummer, Jace Fry, and Alex Kame. But hearing names like Dallas Keuchel, Hunjin Ryu, makes you a little worried because they're Scott Boras' clients. And a lot of Sox fans have the fear that Scott Boras does not like to do business with Jerry Reinsdorf and the White Sox. But that, that, that's neither here nor there. At this point, I feel the Sox have the money. They're going to give it to a player that they think's best. Keichel, I think, would be the go-to, um, just in my opinion. And we'll, Brian, we'll let you uh, give your opinion on this. Dallas Keuchel has been compared to Mark Burley in certain ways where He's a good ground ball pitcher, but also a veteran presence, uh, similar to that type of stature Mark Brilley had with that team in 05 because he's been to the World Series before. He's been to the playoffs before, and he's been through a rebuild. I think that's the one that stands out to me the most. If you see the pitchers they had at the time, Lance McCullers and uh, so many other young pitchers, Brad Peacock and a young bullpen. Um, Ken Giles was their closer at the time. They had so many young players like Jose Altuve, that grew with Keiko, and Keiko built that leadership. So he could offer that to any major league team. We know the Twins are still in on some pitching after they brought back a few guys from their season run last year. Um, we got the Angels who lost on Garrett Colsa, so the Dodgers maybe, but what do you think about these left handed pitching options? I mean, there's veterans as well as Ryu who have the experience of winning, can teach these pitchers how to win more games consistently and how to do it with the good catching tandem we're going to have in Grandal and McCann. Uh, give us your thoughts on what Rick Khan should do to bring in another pitcher that can't just help the players but take the Sox to another level. Well, I think if he continues to
0: pursue those players, we've seen evidence uh, with the Zach Wheeler attempt to get Zach Wheeler. Um, I think what happened is basically Zach Wheeler's feelings for going to Chicago weren't as great as his feelings for going to uh... philadelphia and i think a lot of fans probably thought that as a failure on rick Hahn's part i think that's incorrect i think when you go to a negotiation with free agents with keichel or, or the other pitchers that uh... you're basically putting your offer on the table and it's a negotiation back and forth and sometimes you can offer the most money like they did with zach wheeler and if he decides, well, a couple million dollars difference isn't going to really matter to me, I'd rather go to this place. Um, so I think right now, uh, even though we would like to have the team set by having all these pitchers signed right now so that there's no worries, no concerns, that's not how the business works. That's not how free agency works. Sometimes you win, and sometimes you lose, and sometimes you lose again, and sometimes you lose again. And... Um, he may have to just go after the mid-level pitchers while you're still in the middle of the rebuild. Um, there's some minor league pitchers that can come up mid-season. We can't expect to win it all right now. Um, the door might be open, but doesn't necessarily mean that you can beat a team like Minnesota or a team like uh, Cleveland or even qualify even in postseason play against uh, the Yankees or uh, um, the Dodgers or even Atlanta, or even Philadelphia. So I think if he continues to pursue those pitchers uh, that are left in the highest tier, then go for it. Um, But if he can't, and he has to rely on mid-level pitchers to get him by and then bring up prospects as the season goes on, then he'll have to continue to do that. White Sox fans will just have to be patient with the process. Um, I believe he understands what he's doing, you just don't spend the money to spend the money. You don't just throw you know a, a lot of money out at a pitcher who we never know. Second start might blow his uh, his arm out, and then he'll be out for the season. Now, how does that help you? So that's just money wasted on a pitcher that you may have signed two mid-level pitchers for that money, and the chances are that you know if one if an injury does happen and injuries do happen as the seasons go on that uh, you're not out all that money or you're not uh, wasting that money. Um, So I think if he continues to do what he does, we never really see the behind the scenes. Uh, Agents throw out rumors and speculations and uh, sports reporters need to uh, write about something so they'll uh, sometimes talk about something that is a rumor to be a possible deal and that gets all the fans excited. Uh, but in reality, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I think he knows what he's doing. I think he's a smart businessman and he's also a smart baseball man. Um, and regardless of, you know, you don't get the uh, Strasburg or you don't get the Garrett Cole. Um, that pitches every five days. Uh, To me, it seems like a waste of money to spend a fortune on a pitcher that you're only going to see every five days and doesn't affect the other four games that he's not in. So I think he's playing it smart. I think you will see some more signings as the the weeks, months go on. Uh, Maybe even before spring training, there'll be a deal that will be unexpected. So um, that's how I... what I think about Rakan's uh, performance so far, patience, patience, patience. And I think uh, he knows what he's doing, and sooner or later you'll see the fruits of his labor and think, wow, okay, he did know what he was doing. So uh, that's pretty much what I thought about it.
2: Yeah, I think that's pretty well said. So we're going to continue to talk about all things Scott White Sox throughout the season We haven't seen a lot with the Chicago Cubs. Apparently there's some rumors going on with Chris Bryant, but as they unfold. So now we head into this basketball part of the show where we talk all things Chicago Bulls. And we're bringing in a guest appearance that knows a lot about the Bulls, uh, has followed basketball as a diehard Bulls fan over the years. It's Alex Dolinar. So I had a chance to interview and speak with Alex Dolinar. We talked about the Chicago Bulls, how they've done to this point, what they need to do to not just move up the... Standings in their division, but also what they got to do to get a chance to get into the playoffs this year in the Eastern Conference. So there's a lot of time for that, and we also talked about key players. Uh, we talked about what players we might see um, get their chance to uh, build their opportunity to uh, play f- and host, uh, play for the, to represent the host city Chicago Bulls. Um, when they ho- host in the city of Chicago, the beautiful Windy City, the 2020 NBA All-Star Games. We talk a little Zach Levine, little Larry Markkinen, and uh, Alex's specific thoughts on uh, the Bulls' power forward from Finland. And uh, what, what's going to happen with Daddy Young. Maybe what moves they may need to make, how the reporters, uh, the injury at small forwards really hindered the Bulls, and what they got to do to keep uh, things moving in the right direction. So here is my interview with Alex Donar
1: so Alex Dolinar, you, you were the second ever co-host on the show, and then two years later, you're on again. Uh, I mean, you're on—you were on the one-year anniversary. Now you're on the two. We might have to save you around for number three next year. But welcome back on Will's fifth-quarter special. i know, we know you've been pretty busy, so we're glad you can squeeze us in. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on. It's always fun, and uh, happy two-year anniversary. And uh, yeah, if if there's a three, which I think there will. Come in. Yeah, no we there there's things coming up fans don't know about yet. So we have you on for uh we've had you on multiple times in the past, uh, for listeners that haven't heard the episodes, you know a lot about the Sky Bulls. You you really have some thoughts on the Bulls, not just when we talked about them through the rebuild back on episode thirteen around the draft time, and now we're talking about them trying to move out of the rebuild into contention, but They're facing some issues. So, why don't you fill us in on your thoughts of this team to to this point? You know, under Jim Boylan, they're using a new offensive assistant to run the offense. They got a new point guard on the team in Kobe White. A few new guys in Sadoransky and uh, Thaddeus Young. Tell us what you're thinking about this team right now to this point. Yeah, yeah. So, uh it's like you said it was it was supposed this is supposed to be the end of the rebuild and the start of contending and uh up until this point, it just seems like you know they could hang around with a lot of teams, but you get that fourth quarter and they just it seems to just fall apart you know they can't hold a lead or they just they can't come back from from blowing a lead um it, it's just uh it's frustrating you know because this wasn't supposed to be this is this is supposed to be the year that they get into the playoffs for sure especially as weak as the eastern conference is and uh, everybody was maybe talking you know as high as maybe even a fifth seed but you know now they're sitting what three three four games back and they're they're out of con- they're not out of contention but they're they're struggling so it's that in combination with poor defense um has really been really been a problem for this team yeah, no, I think a big problem, too, I think it goes along with the defense part you were just talking about, Otto Porter Jr., depending on the guy, $27 million on his contract year, the contract he was given previously when he was with the Washington Wizards before the Bulls trade last year to bring him to Chicago, He's, he, he hasn't really played all season, so we're luckily seeing, I'm sure you can agree, Denzel Valentine's really stepped up this year. Uh first-round draft pick that they took along with Wendell Carter just a year or two ago. Shane Hutchinson, when he's been healthy, has stepped up. But I feel like small forward is something the Bulls are really going to need to look at. I mean, we could talk about Zach Levine, lottery marketing to this point. Lawyer marketing has had some question marks. But if you look at the point totals, we have at least five Chicago Bulls in double-digit figures so far this year. Um, The games that Al Porter Jr. has played, he's only played nine, but he has 11.2 points per game, respectively. Levine leading with 23, Lowry at 14, Wendell 11, and rookie Kobe White at 10. It seems like this Bulls team has some promise, but could you see maybe them go and try and get a small forward if, let's say, in 10 games, they're tied for second place with Indiana or... You know, we we never know what's going to happen in the NBA, especially this early on, still in the year, not even close to the All Star break just yet. It seems like this Bulls team still has an opportunity to get into, as you said, the projections of an eight seed or maybe even a fifth seed. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know. Our report has been frustrating because last year everybody he came here and played really well to end the year. Um, after the trade, everybody thought you know that was going to be okay. They solved that issue. And like you said, yeah, he hasn't played. Um, guys like Denzel, I guess, he's, been, he's played well. He's battling, though, for, you know, playing time and for a contract, too. His contract's going to be up. Um, and it, it's just, yeah, maybe they go get somebody. But they have – it just, like you said, it feels like they have the pieces. They just, for some reason, cannot get it together. Um, it, it just – he's not – Alaport's not fitting the rotation. Sometimes Larry marketing just seems like he's – kind of lost offensively and he's not getting as many touches when Levine's out there going off and, you know, I don't think we've seen many games where, we, where Levine and Markkanen have both played well together and those, so that's kind of concerning, but yeah, maybe in 10 games, the fifth seed's a stretch. Um, let's see if in 10 games, maybe they can get to the eighth seed, but in the Eastern Conference, you don't want the eighth seed. You won't want the seventh seed because you don't want to have to go against the Bucs and the Celtics in the round one. So it It's either six seed or for me, it's either six seed or no seed, you know, go back into the lottery, yeah, no, I think that's definitely interesting, but if you look at the schedule, it's actually not as bad as it's been previously. They will actually you mentioned them have to face the Milwaukee Bucks next month on uh January twentieth, so that one's not too far away but their next couple the the games yeah. after tonight. We got the Bulls going on the road to face the Orlando Magic after going to Detroit, then they host the Hawks, the Bucks the Utah Jazz, and the Celtics in a pretty well-stretched home game stand. So tonight's game, we don't just face the Detroit Pistons. We face a former Chicago Bull, one that, although he's not on the team anymore, he'll probably have his number in the rafters when he retires from the NBA. Derrick Rose is having a good season over there in Detroit. And if you look at the record, the Bulls are one half game from third place, or at least tying for third place after tonight's game with the Detroit Pistons. Because you take a look, the Bucks are leading the Eastern Conference record of twenty five and four on the year so far. Very impressive for the city of Milwaukee and the Bucks organization. The Pacers obviously taking the second seed. They've had some bumps along the road like the Bulls and Pistons. So you go into the Pistons game tonight. You are coming off a win against the Wizards, an incredible one point overtime victory against the weak Wizards team But you also lost by three to Chris Paul and the Thunder uh, earlier this past week. So, Alex, what do they need to do going into Detroit today to to get the job done? I mean, like we said, Derrick Rose is coming in, going to be hosting his old team in Detroit. Um, So, there's going to be a lot of Bulls fans making the trip, too. So, like, what needs to be done for the Bulls to take this game, bounce back from that Thunder loss earlier this past week, and get the job done? The, the Bulls got to get some more wins with a record if they're this close. They have the goal of five hundred. Every team does at this point in the year. What do they need to do mm-hmm. to do that tonight? Yeah, um, I think simple, hold the lead. You know, they're going to have – they're probably going to have a lead at, at some point in the game tonight, and just, just hold the lead. They. The, you talked about the Oklahoma City game. They blew, a tw- I think, a 28-point lead. Okay. You can't do that in the NBA. This isn't college basketball. In the NBA you have a even a fifteen to twenty point lead. In in the third and f- third quarter, you should be able to hold on to that. And they just let the lead let the lead just you know just just dissipate, disappear. And uh so if they get the lead tonight, hold the lead. Yeah, contain Derek Rose, he's gonna do his thing. Um, Zach Levine actually plays well, I think, really well against the Pistons, so expect him to go off again. And uh, yeah, it's it's simple. I mean, the Pistons—they're not—they're not not a great team either. They're beatable. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, a lot of fans find that surprising about Detroit because they have players like Derrick Rose, for instance, Andre Drummond, a good young shooting guard, and Luke Kennard and Blake Griffin, but. It's like we talk about with basketball. we always talk about it in the podcast here anything could happen in sports. I mean, if you take Miami for an example, they're winning so well with Bam out of Bayou and just Jimmy Butler. but back to the bulls here, so the all star game will be hosted in the city of Chicago for the first time in many years, so that's a big deal for the Bulls being the host team now it's obviously been talked about in the media on the radio for so long. What Bulls players? if it's possible, we'll make the All-Star game. Now, a lot of fans are obviously thinking about Zach Levine uh, making the All-Star team, the way he's playing this year, 23 points per game, leading the Bulls. He's having a really good season for Chicago, very healthy, very consistent. But could you see possibly him make the All-Star game and maybe a Larry Markin or even a Kobe White, if he keeps it up, or maybe even a Wendell Carter Jr. joined um, to represent the Bulls? What do you think about that, Uh, you know, Given that the All Star game is far away, but still pretty good time to make those predictions. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. honestly, I don't see, I don't see any bowl making it. Um, I maybe maybe Levine, but definitely not Larry. Definitely not Wendell. Definitely Kobe White will probably play in the freshman sophomore game, but I mean it's just they're they're not doing well as a team. You know, Wendell Carter would probably be up for he would be up for rookie of the year. You know if if they or no, he'd be Belford uh, comeback player of the year if, if they're playing better, if the team was doing better. Um but just no, they're not. I maybe Levine. That's it. Definitely not Larry. So I, I see you're a little unsure about Larry Martin. and kind of still saying, yeah, he, he's had some question marks, but do you still see him as a key player for this Bulls future or do you think it's just, in your opinion, a player that's still trying to figure it out? Um, and not think, just on the Bulls team, but finding his place in the league. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I liked him when he came in the league, but, uh, it just seems that he's soft, you know, defensively he's soft. He's, and he did put on some weight this off season, dig get stronger, but you watch him play and sometimes he just gets caught standing in the middle of the lane and lets guys go right by him. Uh, you, you can't do that. You know, this is the NBA. Um, so, and if he's going to play as a big man, you got to be better defensively. So I, I, he's got to get better defensively. Yeah, his shot's there, but even offensively, like I said, he doesn't get enough touches sometimes. Him and Levine just sometimes just seem like they can't coexist. So we'll, we'll see what happens at the trade deadline. But um, I, I don't know. I think the Bulls are set on trying to make Larry Markin a piece for the future. But it, it's he's got to get better defensively. I don't know. I'm not the biggest fan of his. Yeah, and we got to give you one final question. It was just reported this past week. One new Bulls player could easily be requesting a trade. And Thaddeus Young, former Indiana Pacer, former Brooklyn Net. This guy's played everywhere. He's a well-respected teammate. But it seems like he's not really fitting what the Bulls expected. Now, it's going to happen when you sign a free agent. We've seen it happen so many times with superstars. Um, Carmelo Anthony, different players not fitting with that team. Uh, at that point in time, based on the contract they get. And considering what they're paying Thaddeus Young, $13 million for the next three years, it seems like, Alex, they might want to trade this guy and maybe, I mean, you're talking about Larry Market in there, um, Wendell Carter, some young guys, yeah, they have Daniel Gafford, but it seems like they can use maybe another more experienced, trusting power forward that won't just fit their style of play, but fit the players as a whole. So could you see Thaddeus Young getting moved in the next few months, and maybe then bring in another power forward and a small forward as well. Uh, yeah, I could definitely see him getting moved because it just seems like he doesn't he doesn't really have a role, you know, on this team. And uh, it was just kind of frustrating because he was supposed to come in and be an anchor defensively, and uh, that, that's what he's been in his history of the NBA. But uh, it just seems like, you know, I don't know, it just seems like sometimes Boylan maybe doesn't, doesn't play defensive guys. Boylan likes the offense, but, I don't know, I, yeah, it's frustrating. I, I could definitely see him getting traded, though. Um, he's just, he hasn't found, a, hasn't found a rhythm here. So, yeah, hopefully the Bulls will continue that rhythm on the road. As we mentioned, they play the Detroit Pistons tonight, and they have some other important upcoming matchups. The Their division's on the line, and also which Bulls will be in the All-Star game when chicago hosted so alex Stoner, thank you for joining us not just for this special guest appearance on Will Smith core special but once again for this two-year anniversary we appreciate your time on the show and the continued support and we'll hope to have you uh scheduled for year three we know you're pretty busy guys so we'll uh get our people right on it all right all right thanks again will and uh have a good episode and uh, look forward to listening
2: to it. Now we're headed into the segment everyone enjoys at the end of the show. It's Will's Sports Movie Moment. We all have our favorite moments, not just in the sports we watch, but in our own favorite sports movies. This segment gives myself, my guest hosts, and our listeners at home a chance to pick their favorite moment from their favorite sports movie, comparing it to modern day sports. Listeners can now hop onto the podcast, Facebook, and Twitter page and post their own sports movie moment favorite for a chance to have it read on future Will's fifth quarter specials. So. Brian, I know you have mentioned a lot of classic movies when you've been on the show before. Um, is there a sports movie that maybe we haven't talked about on here, or listeners? You want them
0: to check it out that comes to mind? Well, an oldie but a goodie is always. Uh, I've always liked um, *Pride of the Yankees* about Lou Gehrig, the Lou Gehrig story. Um, I'm, it's always one of my favorites. Uh, you know, it, it involves even some um, uh, appearances from Babe Ruth and Joe McCarthy, his manager, and some of the players that he played with on the 38 Yankees. Um, but it, I always found it to be very inspirational, kind of a sad uh, movie, not to be a spoiler, but he does die. But, uh, and we all know about Lou Gehrig's disease. And we heard about the fundraising, was a couple of years ago at the uh, Ice Bucket Challenge. But, um, so that's always been one of my favorite. Uh, it's an old-time movie. You know, the players are riding trains, and, you know, they're, they're traveling together. Um, it's a little bit more uh, team-oriented as opposed to agent, individual-oriented sports that you see today. Um, there were no cell phones. Uh, there were just... Uh, players on a train and occasionally an agent or a sports reporter. Um, but uh, So that's always been one of my favorites. Um, I tried to actually to pull it up on stream the other day, and I had a hard time with that. But uh, um, it's always a good story, uh, you know, about a guy that uh, came from meagle or meager beginnings, and uh, he had chance to show what he could do. And when he had that chance, he took advantage of it. And uh, the Yankees caught sight of his talent, and they signed him. And the rest was history. Um, but uh, you know, he comes from an immigrant family, and his immigrant parents wanted him to be a uh, engineer, like they're his uncle. And he, his talent was not engineering. He tried, tried to go to college, but baseball was his calling, and that's uh, was his God-given talent. And he did the best he could with it. Unfortunately. Um, we're only here for a short time, and uh, you never know when your time's up, and unfortunately his time was short. And uh, But the marquee left on baseball history will always be in the history books, and evidently uh, it was a good enough story for the filmmakers to make a movie out of it. I'm glad they, glad they did so we can enjoy it to this day. But uh, that's that was my favorite movie. Our, our sports moment, sorry.
2: And I surprisingly haven't seen that one yet, so I think that's definitely going to convince me to check it out. Uh, Mine's going to actually go with basketball. It's a movie with, well, it's an interesting choice. Um, It's one with Whoopi Goldberg where she plays a coach, (laughs) and uh, it's called Eddie. She plays a coach for the Knicks. Uh, The team's not doing well, and uh, she gets picked to be an honorary coach, like a free throw contest or something. Uh similar scene to another basketball movie like Mike that will be mentioned in future episodes. But long story short, I compare this to the Bulls a little bit in the way where the Knicks team uh, characterizing this movie had a real young team, some few veterans on the roster, and they weren't doing too well. They had a rough start, but the way I compare these is uh, it's a spark that lights the team. you know we we see it in the NBA all the time, like, for example, just to mention the Miami Heat, um, a little bit right now. We talked about it in the interview, uh, me and Alex Dolinar earlier on in the show. You um, he always—it's one player that does it, you know. And Miami's got that with a point guard right now. The Bulls have those players that can do that. Uh, Zach Levine, Wendell Carter Jr., Larry Markin, and Kobe White's had some big games. Daniel Gafford doesn't matter. Like what Brian was talking about in his movie moment, doesn't matter what money a player makes or you know, the fancy stuff. Uh, It just matters what you do for your team and the moments. And, you know, in that movie, that's what happens. You know, it's all about how, you know, you rise above the obstacles and you get the job done. And this coach was the spark that team needed. She got them going, helped them figure out their divorce issues a player had or differences or a, a player that's spoiled and wants the ball for himself. Like some of those stories. But, The point is, like, if you compare it to the Bulls, there's, like, Laurie Markkinen's having trouble right now getting his ball rolling a little more in the season. Zach Levine maybe has had a few issues in the game not closing. It it compares perfectly. The Bulls have those sparks right now. They just need to get them ignited a little more. They need to get it going, starting with tonight's game uh, against the Detroit Pistons. Then you move forward, and you take it one game at a time. You know, a lot of fans are going to say, oh, we need to be first place right now. But the playoffs aren't up just yet. They still got a lot of time expecting unexpected. And that's my movie moment. Uh, I know it's an interesting choice. A lot of people probably haven't seen it, but I I think it's a good sports movie. You know, it compares pretty well to the Chicago Bulls. So that's my movie moment choice. Uh, Brian, thank you for sharing yours. That's all the time we have in episode 42 of Will's fifth quarter special. Tune in next time, the future. Facebook Live next week after the Bears game where we recap the Bears and Chiefs, all things Redbird Athletics if it pops up for Redbird updates, Uh, NCAA stuff's getting going in NCAA football, so we'll give you updates on that as well, and all things Major League Baseball, Cubs, Sox, Bears, Bulls, everything as it unfolds moving forward. We want to thank our guest co-host who actually inspired the show when I started it, so uh, a big thank you goes to my dad for helping me get the ignited passion i needed to start this show in my career path and uh just thanks for being on you know you you helped me start this when i was real nervous to start this show and i think your inspirations really helped me to move it forward and continue to move it forward so
0: thank you Uh, you're welcome and continue on the hard work and uh, i'm sure there is nothing but success in your future
2: and we want to thank Alex Dolanar for being a special guest appearance. He had a pretty busy schedule, and he took time with us as usual. So a big, another big supporter of the show. Alex, we thank you for your time, and uh, I know there's some other stuff you're going to want to talk about on the show, so we'll have you on once again. Uh, so I want to thank quickly the listeners on the show, all the guest appearances we've had. Um, you guys know who you are, You know David Hawk, Kevin Powell, uh, Mark Grody, Mark Janowski, Don Cooper, uh, a lot of the co-hosts I've had from my time at WZND, and uh, and I and I ISU, some of my friends. Um, just thank you for your support. You know, I mean, I went walked into work the other day and someone told me, "Oh, we uh, we like your show." Um, you know, it, it happens out of the blue, and I'm very grateful to start this show. And part of that is you guys. You're on the Twitter, you're seeing it on social media, you're pulling it up on the iTunes, the Google or the Spotify. You guys are taking the time to check this out. You know, you're. Fueling my passion as well to continue this. You know, that's how a lot of broadcasters get their passion sometimes, not just from the passion of them doing it, but the fans and the support. That's how it helps with players on teams as well. So, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you guys for being a part of this show. Continue to, because I have big plans for year two here, uh, year three, and so many years moving forward. So, thank you very much. When the fourth quarter buzzer sounds, turn to us for your fifth quarter sports talk. I'm your host, Will Farlow, along with my co-host, Brian File and guest appearance, Alex Dolanar, wishing each of you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We will see you in 2020. So long from Will's fifth quarter special. To continue to hear your fifth quarter sports talk, you can check
1: out all of Will's fifth quarter specials. Go to williamdfarlow.com. Join the sports convo and share your opinions on all things sports on Twitter at William D. Farlow and use the hashtag Will's Fifth Quarter Special. The fifth quarter never stops here at Will's Fifth Quarter Special.